let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we're back once again and we are taking a walk down into the vaults to cash in some of those all-important beer points this week, aren't we mate? Yep, sounds like the perfect way to start the week mate. Absolutely, we'll be talking about beer points and leading healthy lifestyles and balancing out that out with your drinking a little bit later on in the show but we do have the first beer in the glass ready to go. What is it we're drinking tonight mate? Um, we decided to do a bit of an experiment, um, I believe, Steve. It's, uh, I wouldn't call it quite science because that's not really our forte. Uh, but we decided to uh, buy some Siren beers. They're Red IPA Twin Flames. We bought some of the Classic and also some of the Nitro, which we'll be doing later in the show as well. Um, we've already got the uh, Classic Red IPA in the glass. It looks fantastic. There's a lovely fruity aroma coming off that. I think we should just dive in first of all, then share our thoughts. I got a bit of chocolate on that first of all when I got it when it got closer. Some real chocolate maltiness going on on that aroma when it got closer. Fruity further away, chocolate mm-hmm. as it got closer. Yep. Um, earthy, dry. It's got it's got a real bitterness to it, hasn't it? It's got, real. it's got a really earthy bitter bite at the finish. Yeah, I was going to say a, a bitter back backside, but that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> <laughs> um, very drinkable. Yes, yes. Considering, um, un- <laughs> unbeknownst to us, uh, this has got our favourite hop of the moment in it as well, has hasn't it? Yes, which um, we both discovered after we'd purchased some of these beers. Um, but it's not the only hop in it. Do we know what else is in it, Steve? We, we do. Uh, one of the great things about Siren is, is they do have really informative little brew sheets on their website. So because of that, I can tell you that this uh, beer has got, it contains more barley and wheat. Hops-wise, it's got the aforementioned Sabro, but it's also got Simcoe, Citra, Galaxy and Mosaic. So quite a combination of, of, of hops there. And, and I would say from having had a fair few mosaic beers recently, I think that's where the earthiness is coming from on, on this. That, that seems to be a quality that I'm finding coming through in mosaic recently. Yeah, I'd agree with that. What I would add is that if you hadn't already flagged up to me a few days ago that Sabro was in this beer and, and just read off the brew sheet, I'm not really picking it up. It, it is very understated. Yeah. In, so in, in I'm this wondering one. if it's one of those ingredients that they've used maybe quite minimally, which you would notice if it was taken out. A bit like when you add maybe a bit of seasoning to a dish when you're cooking. You may not add much and it may not be overtly there, but if you then recooked that same dish and didn't add it, someone might go, oh, this is a bit different. What have, what have you done differently this time? And maybe this is, at the moment and this is only on the first gulp of this beer, it's by far and away the best beer involving Sabro I've had so far. Yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I wonder is, is, is obviously because this is kind of essentially, it's a, it's, it's a two-part beer. You've got, you've got this traditional version um, that, that we're trying first of all, and then you've got the, the, the nitro version that we're going to try in a while. I, I'm wondering if because that the nitro is 
going to lend itself to being a, a, a lot softer and a lot smoother. Uh, I, I wonder if because of that, the, the Sabro may shine a little bit more in, in, in the Nitro version. Well, I don't know about shine, but it might come out a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor choice of words there, there on, on, on my part, I, I must admit. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you know, there are certain characteristics that we've found in other beers, which are nitro pours that definitely come to the fore. Um, all I can say is that my first uh, go on this classic red IPA with that dryness and earthiness, it does make me wish I could try this beer on cask, I have to admit. I think the, the body, the qualities of it, it's got a lovely little bit of head retention going on as well. That that in, in a pub, especially this time of year now, this feels like an autonomal beer, doesn't it? It does. And, and we are in that period now, isn't it? You, yeah. you know, I, I think I mentioned the other week, I'm, I'm already sinking back into that dark beer territory. That's all I kind of want to drink. And, and at the moment, you know, a, a lovely red owl or red IPA, it's, it's just absolutely doing it for me. It's, it's the sort of beer I just want to drink loads of right now. To me, it's a big thumbs up at the moment. Still got two thirds of it to go, but it's I'm not sure how long it's going to last because I am really enjoying it. We, we better crack on then, um, definitely, because we want to get through a few bits before we get onto the nitro <laughs> version as as well. So, uh, first of all, Beery Adventures, mate, what have you been up to in the last couple of weeks? Um, I, I made a return to the Leon C Tap Room, um, which, as listeners may recall, I visited, I think probably about six weeks ago now, um, in what we uh, might recall summer. And when I was sitting outside, sunshine, I'd cycled there. This time it was pissing it down. I got a lift there and back. <laughs> They've reopened the inside of the tap room, done everything they can to, to keep it spaced and distanced. Um, I mean, it's table service, but I was almost at the point where, where Matt was serving, a friend of the show, half pint gent. Um, I could almost just point, go, I'll have one of those. Um, he, he and the rest of the staff were basically wearing masks the whole time, contactless payments, and had some really nice beers. Again, it's one of those things you're having beer at the source, aren't you? And I think, I really think it's very hard not to enjoy beers at the source. Um, I mean, Leon C beers, I think, are very good anyway. And, um, but there are two beers I want to mention. And one of them you tried, Steve. Um, and the other one, I don't think you got the chance because you were just passing through for takeaways. Uh, they did some of their green hot beers, which has obviously been quite a big thing over the last two or three weeks with various breweries. And I had the Challenger on cask, single hop on cask. It was a fantastic example of a really good, I think, best bitter almost. Um, they called it an amber, but I think it was a bit dark for what would be an amber. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I did tease them, so I was going to send a picture to Roger Prox and see if he had an opinion about amber versus bitter um but it was just really tasty nice nice some nice fruity notes um but again th th those cask earthy bitter qualities about it i tried the earnest on tap and that was a bit like chewing hops raw um that's what i found that's that's the one i tried and i um i really didn't enjoy it the first like first couple of sips i was thinking okay this is a bit different a bit more challenging to coin a phrase um and maybe again because it was on tap rather than on cask whether that affected it um it was a bit colder but it, i i really regretted 
doing the automatic can I have a pint um, I wish I'd only had a half or even a third of that one um, what I will offer for balance is that the staff enjoy it and our friend Dan who's part of our bottle share um, he was there as well he loved it and he much preferred the earnest to the challenger whereas I just felt to me the earnest was still raw the hops hadn't cooked or weren't ready or shouldn't be used on their own I, I couldn't work out what it was but I did feel like I was very close to nature when I was having it. Mate, you can't you can't use Dan as a benchmark. The the, the guy likes Sabro for God's sake. There uh, is that, but I, I, <laughs> we have to offer a bit of balance on the show, Steve. Just every now and again, and that's it. We've done it now for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but again, I, you know, it was lovely to be down there. They shut at eight o'clock, so it wasn't too late tonight. Um, took away some cans as well. They've got a good range of their cans now available to buy there. And um, to be honest, I think I've already cracked four of them out, four out of six. Anyway, since I came came back, had the Cockerow Spit, Crowstone Black IPA. So yeah, um, really very nice evening. And only have a, a couple of beers I want to mention. I revisited Orbit recently. Orbit beers. Um, I think uh, they featured on Riverman Brews a couple of months ago. And um, revisited The Peel. And also tried the Munich Dunkel for the first time. Thoroughly enjoyed both of them. Really good quality beers. Um, I like their steadfast attachment to bottles, a bit like the Colonel. Very distinctive labels. Um, and probably, you know, as we've mentioned a few times this year, probably one of those breweries, certainly in London, that probably bypasses a lot of people. But both beers are really good. I mean, the Peel is like a, a Belgian y, with, you know, Belgian orange notes about it and it's just really refreshing and again probably would have been better on a, a hot sunny day than the day I did have it in the end um, and the last beer I dived into my Sierra Nevada Optimum 2020 a beast of a triple IPA it's a hell of a um, beer isn't it that oh it's piney it's resinous it's chewy it's got a distinctive malt backbone to it as well it was definitely my last beer of the evening when I had it. There was no other beer to follow after I had the Hoptimum. Fantastic beer. Um, I did buy a six-pack of them as well, but they're not sessionable six-pack beers. So if anyone's thinking about sessioning them, good luck. You will feel it. Yeah, the, the, the couple of times I've had it, it's, it's a big beer. So it's, it's either uh, appeared at the end of a session or towards the end of a session. It doesn't hide it, does it? No, no. And as you said, I think I think you you nailed it when you said it's chewy. It, it is. It's it's that thick that you do almost feel like you're chewing through the resins in it. Yeah, it's it's such good quality. I mean, it's only about one percent more than the fantastic haze for Sierra Nevada, and the fantastic haze from Sierra Nevada completely hides its nine percent ABV, whereas Optimum just goes, "Yep, I'm a big." chewy american triple ipa and i'm not hiding i'm yeah. proud i'm loud and proud and it, it was and it's it's a wonderful wonderful beer i'm glad i've got a couple more to go and that's it for me steve what have you been up to though mate uh i went to the vic again uh, <laughs> becoming becoming a bit of a habit this. that's because they've got kernel permanently isn't it steve? it does it does seem like they've got kernel permanently but to be fair, I was lucky to get in the Vic um, because they have had 
what appears to have been a, a fantastic weekend and a fantastic turnaround in, in their trading. Um, we were chatting to Rich while I was down there and he was saying that Friday, Saturday and all of Sunday, they were pretty much fully booked or from, from opening right through and to close. So we, we were lucky enough to be able to get a table for a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon, but then we, we had to be out by five because there was already a, a reservation in there. And, and I think that's just, just great to see um, that, that people are wholeheartedly embracing their new way of doing things. It did also make me wonder if there was a little bit of panic going on that people were maybe thinking with, with the announcements that we've heard today as we recalled people knew that was coming and I think people were were maybe wondering if there was another lockdown on the horizon so that so they were making sort of like the last opportunity to go and have a beer in a pub for a while again I was going to ask you if that was in your thinking or perhaps Rich's thinking and I know that they did um, plug a bit on Facebook and Twitter over the weekend as well but it wouldn't surprise me if that was in people's minds now I know that we were probably thinking that where we are in the east of England, that we probably weren't going to go up to a high or very high, um, as have been announced as at the time of recording. Um, but you still probably can't help feeling that people thought, what if? Yeah. What if I don't go and then they do suddenly announce it and I've missed out on my last chance? Um, but still, the Vic will have been beneficiaries there and I'm sure that people enjoyed themselves while they were there. That, absolutely, and there was there was there was a, I've got to say there was a lovely atmosphere in there yesterday afternoon. There was kind of the light buzz of chatter, uh, lots of laughter, people really enjoying themselves. The, the you know the staff and the service as as always was was bang on down there, and and the beers the beers were just fantastic. I mean I, I had a I had a Leon C beer down there. They had the renowned stout on, which is like four percent straight up stout and and that was on cask and it was just absolutely delicious i just i just really enjoyed that um so so yeah and then then obviously they had the kernel on so what's a man to do when when you've got kernel on tap you drink it don't you see kernel by kernel yeah um but we, we while we were down there um em had been preparing this this wonderful dinner dinner for us at home so she left it in the slow cooker she did this uh slow cooked short rib of beef um, but we decided we were rumming an R in what we were going to cook it in. Were we going to do it in sort of like a like a wine based um, sauce? And, and in the end, we actually went for a bottle of Vesmel um, double. We, we we stuck that in, and mate, this this beef was just incredible. When we got back from the pub, it literally just fell off the bone. Uh, can wholly recommend using Vesmel double uh, in in a slow cook beef recipe. It sounds amazing. I think I'd really struggle to pour. A bottle of Westmouth Double, <laughs> Westmouth Double. I can't even say it properly. Look what you've done to me into a slow cooker. But I can, I can imagine um, uh, the aroma off it would have been quite nice as well. It was, and, and we had a second bottle to, to to drink with it as well, and it, it just worked. It, it, it worked really well. So that 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 was that was one of my real highlights. Um, and then just the last thing as well, much like yourself, just just one beer I want to mention, and this is a beer that I've uh, decided needed an upgrade this weekend, and it's it's gone on to my beer of the year shortlist. Uh, it's the third time I've had it this year, and it's been consistently very good. And that's obviously from three different batches as well. But the Colonel's Imperial Brown Stout, London 1856. What an absolute incredible beer that is. Um, from the bottle, 
pours beautifully and it's just it's, it's just beautifully roasted velvetiness in a glass um, that's just got so much flavor and it's just so easy to drink and it's nine and a half percent and you don't even feel like you're drinking anywhere near that while you're drinking it just an absolute stunner of a beer yeah it's long been a favorite of mine that the 1856 um, and yeah, I don't know if it deliberately goes out of its way to hide the ABV. I think it's just so well made and so well delivered that you get so into the aroma and the flavour and there's no real boozy burn to it. You just don't really think about the ABV until maybe you take a picture again at the end or have a look at the bottle just to confirm your thoughts about it or to check the hops. And you go, oh yeah, nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, nice... Uh, Nice choice on a Sunday when the, with the weather not being so great this weekend as well. Oh, it was an absolute treat yesterday, mate. It, it, it really was. I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, like I said, that, I mean, that does sound cracking. Uh, I, I'm quite surprised that was your last beer of the evening. I would have thought you would have had a few others as well. Um, but maybe I'm just making assumptions here. Well, that, like I said, that was off the back of a... Uh, we had been to the Vic, I came in, I then had a bottle of Hoptimum, and then I had the Colonel, and, and then I had the Vesmal with dinner. And then there was wine, and and I don't really remember too much, much after the third or fourth glass of wine. In that case, I'm pretty glad you're here to be part of the show, Steve. To be honest, <laughs> on the Monday following that, that's quite quite a selection of a of a drink. Um, but I suppose best thing now, what's going on in the world? What's going on in the beery world, Steve? Have we got any news? Well, well, this this week's news is is all about new releases. Which is which is great to hear that we're, we're still getting some, some new beers. So, so the first one to mention is, um, for the first time since the 1950s, uh, the monks at Rochefort have made a new beer. The monks are getting on the hype train. But they are indeed. So obviously um, Rochefort, three classic beers in the 6, the 8 and the 10. Uh, they've, they've been brewed consistently since the 1950s um, at, at, at the brewery uh, or at the Abbey um, to the, that produces those beers. And then out of nowhere, we got this announcement that they were, um, they were adding a new beer to their range and they were introducing a triple, a triple extra coming in at 8.1%. So that sounds quite, um, that sounds like quite a tasty beer, actually quite a nice addition to that range that they've already got there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I won't be alone in saying that I would love to get hold of a bottle or two of that. Um, yeah, I think I first saw the picture and I did wonder whether it was a bit of a, a spoof, first of all, because I just thought that has come from nowhere. What do you mean they were just releasing and randomly releasing another beer? Um, but I, I reckon it will pick up quite a good following, to be honest. You want to, if you've done this, you know, the 68 and the 10, You've now got to add the other one to your set, haven't you? Well, correct me if I'm wrong. This this actually fills the gap that's actually missing in their range, though, isn't it? Because the six is uh the six is just kind of a traditional Belgian blonde, is isn't yep. it? The the eight is the double, and then the ten's the quad. So yep. this 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 will actually fill that gap that they've they've always, I suppose, in a lot of people's minds, been missing in yeah. terms of not having a triple in their range. Um, I I like I like all the other beers. I've got no reason to suspect I won't like this one. Um, at some point, I'm sure we'll both be able to offer our thoughts on it. If oh, anyone yeah. else tries it before we do, let us know, though. 
Absolutely. I was just about to say that if any of our listeners have tried this or have got hold of it, uh, let us know what you think, because we, we are looking to, to get our hands on that one to try ourselves. Uh, next new beer release, uh, and this was uh, on the back of our last show, actually. I think it was literally the day after we finished recording our last show, this was announced. Uh, and that's the Camden's Beer 2020 is due for release soon. So obviously we've just finished doing a, a series on the 2019 beers and how they change over time. So this is the eighth year that Camden would have brewed their Imperial Pilsner, um, barrel aged for eight months uh, to, to create uh, an elegant lager with white wine-like characteristics. So they've added some special enzymes during the brewing process to give it a more wine-like flavor profile this time. And it's been aged in both white wine and young Armenac brandy barrels, uh, brewed with their house pills, the malt and Halatau traditional hops. That's going to be available soon, I believe. I think exclusively uh, in Waitrose, again, as it was last year, and probably from the brewery as, as well, I would have thought. Uh, it's an ABV of 10%, uh, and it'll be a 500ml bottle available for 750 in, in, in Waitrose. So uh, looks like we'll be able to probably get our hands on that for our end-of-year show, mate. Yeah, excellent. The end of the year show is looking like it will literally be the end of the year at this rate. Um, I mean, it sounds very similar to what we had this year, though. It does, yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't seem like they've, they've made too many changes yeah, to it. I'm, I'm think... interested in what this special enzyme is that, that they could have added that's yeah. made it more wine-like. But, I mean, it was a brute pilsner last year, wasn't it? 20. Yeah, this is, and this is just an imperial pilsner. Yeah. I just wondered whether that enzyme will bring a bit more of the uh, the wine-like qualities out, which I think became quite prevalent by the time we had the last one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it'd be quite good to, again, try, get it and try it fresh before it takes on too many of those qualities. And also what the brandy might, the brandy barrel might add to it as well. Yes, yeah. But looking forward to giving that a try as, as well. Once, yeah, definitely. And like eyes. you say, it's good that they're still, you know, especially Camden, who got, you know, plenty of news about their, their particular buyout years ago, as it is now. But they're still playing about with a few of these things, still using the barrels they've got, of which they had um, accumulated quite a few of them just down at the old site under the railway arches. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look to get it. And I'm sure that we'll be able to offer a few thoughts on one of the shows. Like I say, if it's the end of year show, the thoughts might be a bit iffy at that point. So you might have to wait till the show after that. <laughs> I do enjoy the end of year show, mate. I must, <laughs> I, I must admit. While we're talking um, big old lagers, uh, there was news that Budvar have finally released the fresh hopped Imperial Lager. Now, this is the, the, the beer that you and I got to taste fresh from the tanks fresh, while, fresh while, we were, while we were at the brewery. In the second week of February. Yes, so it had, it had, I don't think it had been, it hadn't been in the tanks for that long at that point, had it? No, no. So, it, well, by then it had, it hadn't quite, because they were planning to bring it over here in April originally, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it had been maturing for a, 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 quite a decent period, but how many days has it matured now? Because they did say that as well, didn't they? Uh, well, it's been... By the time it gets released, it would have been matured for a year. And it's usually, what, 200 days? Something like that, yeah. Because Budvar normally is 90, and this is that much more, they said, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
it's hard to imagine it would taste any better than when we had it uh, back in February. Again, at the brewery with the master brewer. He's going to add a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, shall you say, to it. But I think um, I would love to get hold of the 200-day version, the, the one-year version. Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, it it's sounds like on... it's only going to be available on draft. Yeah. Um, at the moment, uh, or at the time of recording, but I haven't released where and when it's going to be available. So I suggest if you want to try it, to, to keep your eyes on um, Budvar's Twitter account, which is where, where they seem to be uh, announcing things about this beer. 7.5% um, Imperial Hop Lager. Uh, if anybody does get their hands on that again, uh, let us know. Let us know what it's tasting like, because obviously Martin and I only have the reference point of when it was a little bit younger. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I'm not sure it's going to make its way into Essex. I'm, I'm not hopeful for, for that. If I'm either. being honest. <laughs> no, no. And then the final news story this week is, again, another new beer, and this is Collaboration. So um, Toast, who are the brewery that use old bread in, in, in the brewing process, are collaborating with Brewdog to introduce bread beer to the masses. So a beer called Sliced Heist uh, is a Hell-style lager that will be made using uh, surplus fresh bread. 12p from every can will be donated to the charity Feedback. Um, available online at the moment in 330ml cans. Uh, it's, it's not, it's, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to imagine that that's going to be appearing in supermarkets soon as well, though. Oh, I, I imagine not. And why not? I mean, it's partly for a good cause as well. And um, I would have to say that I think the toast beers have got better over the last couple of years than when they first came out. Um, the lager, when I last had the range from toast, the lager was definitely the standout anyway. So, you know, working with Brewdog, with Brewdog's muscle behind it of their advertising, I'd imagine it's not also a stretch to imagine it might end up in the Brewdog bars sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, I think good luck to them if, if it's... Uh, there can't be too much raising money for good causes at the moment in the times we're living in. So anything they can do is a good thing. And like I said, with Brewdog's muscle behind it, it's not, not, not going to do toast any harm at all, is it? No, it's a, a collaboration that's going to work for both parties, isn't it, really? That's, that's all the news this week. We've, we've focused on the new releases and, and, and some of the good stuff. Because um, I'm guessing nobody wants to hear us talking about what's actually going on in the world at the moment. You, you can all make your own opinions up about that one. Definitely. And also, by the time uh, you get round to listening to this show, um, people far better qualified will have offered their thoughts, um, including facts um, uh, about the recent developments. And um, all I will say is um, good luck and best wishes to anyone directly or indirectly impacted by any of the changes. Oh, absolutely. We've got we've obviously got a lot of friends in the areas that are impacted, um, both socially and breweries and independent bottle shops that we, we we worked with in the past. And you know, just where you can, folks, just just keep supporting, keep supporting breweries and, and, and independent bottle shops because if 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 you don't, then they're not going to be there on the other side of this. No, true. I mean, I keep doing my best um, with the, with the, with the home online ordering. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do feel like you're going for some sort of record. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what the record is, but I, I just feel like you're going for it, what, 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 <laughs> whatever it is. Unintentionally going for it. Yeah. Um, but I see you've emptied your glass, Steve. I have. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, it's got a, a love that, 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 it's got that lovely earthy bitterness 
to it that is really quite it's quite a warming feel to it and, and wrapped around that you've got maybe the slightest subtlest hint of some some roasted dark chocolate in there uh there's there's lots of red fruits going on in there as as, as well and thankfully i've, I've got to say that the sabro stayed quite muted for, for me i wasn't getting the big tropical pineapple coconutty notes coming through on it no because you had that beer a sabro beer when we had rob on didn't you and you said as it warmed up in the glass and the more you powered through it the sabro did start to come to the fore um a bit like you i wasn't really getting that at all with this beer um what what i said earlier what you just said now is pretty much how i felt about it i mean we took uh the the classic out of the fridge about 20 minutes before we went on air and then we've taken the nitro which we're going to do next out when we started so hopefully they've sort of been at the same sort of temperature as well so try and give it a fair crack at the whip um I'm looking forward to seeing what the nitro is like, though, because I really did enjoy the classic, same as you. I could, ha- I could easily have another one of the classics. And if I was in a pub with that on cask, I would have ordered a second one. Oh, absolutely. And I think to, to pick up on the point you made, comparing that to the beer that I did on the last show, that, that was also a red IPA as, oh, as yeah, well so from, from Brew York, the, the Red Panda. Um, the difference between the two... Is, is the Brew York one was more on the sweeter side, where this one is more on the bitter side. And, and I'm wondering whether that bitterness is, again, it's, it's, it's hiding the Sabro elements that I don't like. Well, it, I mean, it could be. Um, or maybe just the use of those other four hops that went with it. Um, or, and maybe the Sabro was just used in a different way, in a different quantity to what... All the other ones I've had with Sabro in it, the Sabro's there, announcing itself, mm-hmm. either at the start, the middle, the end, all the way through. Whereas, like I said, I would if you hadn't done that little bit of extra research and then sent me a, an expletive-filled uh, WhatsApp message about it, um, I would never have known. Honestly, I would never have known that Sabro was in there. No, m- me either. And it'll, it'll be interesting now, I think, to compare that to, to the Nitro version, which we're going to do right now. So this is... Exactly the same beer, um, but this is the nitro version, and we are pouring hard in, into yeah. the glass as we've been advised to. Yeah, it's got a bit of that sort of um, let's let's say the Guinness effect to start yes. off with. Um, yeah, I think I think the thing that it missed was I don't think this is nitro nitrogenated through a widget. No widget. No. Well, there wasn't that widgety feelness to um, it. But it definitely had a little bit of that going on. I mean, it's, it's gone now. It was quite quick, that settling down. Um, but I think, you know, the nitro plus the hard pour of it has given us, what, a two to three finger head on it. Oh, yeah, um, easily. I'm not getting as much aroma off the glass right now from where it is. I'm getting but, um, no aroma. It's quite a thick head, though, to get yeah. through, isn't it? To... I'm not getting the fruit I had before when it was at arm's length. I'm no. getting the chocolate multi-notes again when it's closer. Right, Steve, cheers. Cheers. First thing to be said, it is as smooth as anything. Yes. As smooth as silk. um, What it has done is um, some of the earthy qualities probably aren't quite so prevalent. There's a lot more of the juice. Yeah, 
a lot more of the tropical notes there. And I think that's also probably a bit of association with us with the smoothness of it, the smooth mouthfeel as well. Um, it definitely feels like I've gone from cast to keg right now for me. Um, or, or nitro, no, actually, no. Uh, you know, you can get nitro pour in pubs outside of Guinness, can't you? Yeah, see, no, I'd say that was the other way around. For, for me... The, or sparkler the, pour, is that what you mean? The, the, the nitro feels like it's, it's been sparkler poured in yep, it's, actually, it's that's, a cask beer. Yeah, that, no, you're been, right, that's actually a, yeah. a better analogy. Yes, this feels like I've now, I've gone up north, I'm having the same beer, and I've gone, I've gone past Watford Gap. And, um, it, but it, it does feel and taste different. I was going to say, for, for you, are there any characteristics there that, that would suggest to you that this was the same beer? The, because we've had them obviously quite close together, the, uh, through the head of the beer, the, cho- the slightly chocolatey malty notes were almost identical to me. Um, the earthiness isn't quite the same. Dry finish, yes. Um, what I would say is maybe some of the fruitier notes of the IPA um, uh, are a little bit under, understated now. And But currently I still can't get the Sabro. I'm, I'm still not picking up the characteristics that I don't like on Sabro. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's playing more of a role here because there is a more tropical element to, to, to what's going on in the flavourings. But I'm, I'm totally in agreement with everything else you've said there in, in, in terms of everything else about it is, is completely different. The, 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 the finish is different. There's, there's, the, the earthiness has gone from, from what was in that, that, that original one. It's, re- it's really smooth. It is, it is so smooth and easy to drink. And I, I've just noticed these beers are 6.5%. So they're not, they're not a low ABV. Oh, you either. see, I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and and, and we're, we're currently going through them like they're water. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wonder, if I, I wonder if, I, if I have earned enough beer points. <laughs> yeah. a lovely segue there, mate. Um, why we uh, enjoy this, this Nitro version. Let's talk about this week's questions. Opinions, opinions, opinions. Opinions, opinions. So we're talking about two polls this week as well, because and, and this is the two polls that we've done over the last two weeks, because uh, they are kind of linked, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think there is a, well, at least there's a tenuous link in my mind anyway. Yes, yeah. Um, well, let's, let's get into the first one. Uh, we'll, we'll go through some of the comments, we'll, we'll have our thoughts, and then we'll go, we'll, we'll go for a bit of a dive into the second one as well. So the first question that we asked was, do you earn hashtag beer points for exercise? So we had 211 votes on this one. Uh, 48.8% of people said no. 51.2% of people said yes. Many thanks to a swift half at a swift half for suggesting this as, as a poll. Uh, I, do, I do think he, he wanted to go into a lot more of the science behind this, but I don't think he could really gather his thoughts enough no. um, to, to be able to dig into the sciencey side of it. But let's, let's have a look at some of the comments that, that some people made. So from James Keatley at J Keatley 1892, 100% my primary motivation to exercise is that it allows me to eat and drink more of the things I like. From Darren Ramage at Darren underscore Ramage, when I, ca- when I ran regularly, I always promised myself a beer afterwards as a bit of motivation. First port of call after a marathon was a pub. I was dry for six weeks beforehand. First pint didn't touch the sides. For Mark Johnson, no. 
any exercise I do is to keep myself relatively healthy. However, personally, I find the concept of earning the right to do things I enjoy damaging to my mental state and leads to the sense of enjoyment being replaced by guilt and self-hate. From Graham C at Graham underscore C, no correlation between the two personally. I run to keep myself feeling good mentally and physically. From Beer O'Clock Brewing at B.O. Brewing, no, I don't punish myself with with or reward myself for exercise i do it for enjoyment and to improve my aerobic fitness and mental health rather than to aid weight loss and then from bod at tribod no two separate things however they are connected beer means weight gain and exercise means weight loss being a cycling fanatic keeping my weight down is paramount but i'd sooner up my exercise rather than compensate compromise my beer interest all in healthy moderation though from simon clark simon carbon I feel less guilty about having a few beers at a weekend now that I run 5k a couple of times a week. Couch to 5k was my saviour. Since my daily commute of around 25 miles a day stopped, I had to find a way to push myself onto the bike a bit more. Every five miles cycled equals one beer. Every mile run equals one beer. It's definitely helped me to get out more as I know I want beers at the weekend. I've got to earn them. Now it's from Johnny Drinks Beer at SE18 CBL. I love that approach. That's, that, that's, that's the only one I saw where somebody had actually done some sort of system that actually rewarded them for what they had done. Well, you would like that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> it wasn't on a spreadsheet. It well, was on a, it was on a whiteboard. You could, easy a tally put, you could put that on a spreadsheet, though, couldn't you? Oh, abs- absolutely. You could have probably, an extra column. I think okay, I probably have so somewhere, mate. I, I've, I've, managed the, I've managed the 50 miles. That equals X amount. I've yeah. done that over five days. Brilliant, yeah. I can have a party at the weekend. <laughs> um, well, what do you think on this one? Um, because I know, I know you and I um, both use the hashtag beer points in, in relation to our, our, your running or my cycling or any sort of exercise that, that, that we're doing. And I, I have to admit, it, it's a little bit tongue in cheek for me. It's a little bit like I've, I've done this to kind of earn this reward later on. There's, there's absolutely no science behind it from, from my point of view. It's, it's just a bit of fun. There's no science for me either. I mean, you know, I, I started running long before I started drinking beer. And a lot of the comments do resonate with me. Um, I, I like the fact that the guy, Darren, promised himself a pint in the pub after a marathon. Now, I haven't done a marathon, but I've done a few halves. And I knew I was already telling myself during the race where I was going to go, what I was going to drink. But my motivation for training during the winter months to do that half marathon wasn't about the pub or the beer points. But it's a nice little thought to keep you going when you're maybe running for anything between, you know, two and a half hours to five hours, depending on your your speed. Um, I, I, I probably relate a lot to what Beer O'Clock Brewing said. Um, do it for enjoyment, raise the aerobic fitness, mental health. I mean, especially at the moment and over the last six to seven months, it was definitely a lifeline for me working from home was getting out for a run. I wasn't relying on anyone else helping me do that. I could just go out on my own. Um, well, obviously, in the back of my mind, I know that there is a, a weight loss aspect or a uh, a, a way of controlling your weight because you're doing the uh, the exercise as well. Um, I would say my diet is okay. I know that my biggest vice 
with regard to consumption is beer. Simple, simple as that, it's beer. So if I am doing something to balance it out a bit, all well and good. Um, but I also think um, Mark is spot on. It should never become a stick to beat yourself up with. Um, and I've been guilty of that just when I'm doing training for a particular race, nothing to do with beer points. If you're going for something, you've got a particular target and then you miss a day or the run doesn't go so well or the cycle ride doesn't go so, so well, suddenly that target becomes a lot further in the distance for you. So I can completely understand what Mark is saying and everyone should have their own, their own reason for doing exercise whatever that exercise is whether that be the gym walking cycling team sports individual sports um but what i have found and i think especially noticed it over the last six to seven months is that a lot of people do do the exercise in some shape or form mm. so yeah i think you and i use uh beer points with a bit of a tongue firmly in cheek a bit like opinions on wheels perhaps um so yeah I enjoy doing it. I think it's like anything. Enjoy doing it. You you can you can have you can be moderate in exercise and drinking equally. You can go too far in both of those things as well, and it won't do you any any favors if you go excess in anything really. What what's your um major take on it? Because you've actually upped your especially your cardio exercise during this uh during twenty twenty, haven't you? I, I have, yeah, but. And, and I'll come on to that. I just, I just want to pick up on one thing you said there, particularly in regard to, to, to the comment that Mark made on, on, on this poll. And, and that was that actually a lot of people resonated with what Mark said as well and, and agreed with it. And I actually think that Mark's tweet ended up getting more engagement than this poll did. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's just how much that comment resonated with people as, yeah. as well. Um, I can understand it completely. I can yeah. understand it completely. And, you know, Mark often nails things with just a few sentences. So he's done it again. And that's why he's one of our favourite people. Absolutely. Uh, but coming back to your, your, your question um, about, about my own physical activity. Yeah, I think for, for me, being in a completely different situation to you over the, the, the last couple of months where I've, I've not been working and I've, I've had to try and find ways to, to, to keep both my mind and my body active, Yes, I, I I discovered that I could still ride my bike, and I actually discovered that the more I rode it, the further I could go on it, and the longer I could stay out, and the longer and further I went, the more I enjoyed it, and the more I wanted to do it. So it it kind of had that knock on uh, effect for for me, and yeah, I mean I've I've done over fifteen hundred miles on on the bike this this year now, which I don't think I would have ever imagined a, a scenario where I would have ridden that far on a, on, on a bike in a year. Um, and I don't, I, I kind of hope looking forward that there isn't a situation where I am able to ride that far again in a single year. Um, you know, if things were normal, I, I wouldn't be able to have gone out for as long as I've, I've, I've been out and as many times as I've ridden, um, that, that would be much, much reduced, but I've, I've absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed it and yes there have been days where I've been out in that beautiful sun that, that we had over the summer with, with with the sun just beating down on me draining my water bottle 
absolutely wishing it was a pint of beer and, and, and looking forward to rewarding myself at the end of the ride by cashing in those beer points and, and having a nice cold beer in, in, in the evening to, as, as a reward for, for, for what I had done. I completely, I, I completely get that because, and maybe it is because um, I'm more of a runner than a cyclist, but I definitely find with the cycling, perhaps because you're out that bit longer as well, you are drier as yes, well. Yeah. Um, and yes, I've, I definitely got into a bit of a habit when I was going out for the longer cycle rides myself that if it wasn't too early, I was having the cycle ride, I'd be quite tempted. I was quite tempted to quench that first one I got on with a, a ghost ship or an any state just because they did have that first quenching quality about it. And yeah, dur during the cycle ride, um, because again, I still get pretty psych I still get a bit of saddle soreness because it's not my main sport. Uh, th that bit would, I said it before when I was going through lockdown, I was thinking, oh, I'd love to be having a pint at that pub. Mm. I'd love to stop there. So you do think about it, but again, I'm, I reckon whatever your main interest is when you're doing your exercise, you'll be thinking about that. And it may well be, I'm going to have a night in front of the TV and have a takeaway, or I am going to have that chocolate indulgence later on. But, you know, if that's your way of moving it forward, if that's your way of bringing that little bit of a smile to your face and a bit of motivation, then that ticks your box, then you go ahead and do it. So um, I, I found some of the comments really fascinating, actually, not just, you know, Mark's one, but we mentioned there was, there was quite a nice balance between people who were quite in favour of giving themselves an incentive versus those which were quite happy to do it as a separate part of their lives. And I think the, um, the scoring on the vote sort of um, echoed that as well. Yes, yeah. And just, just to kind of, I suppose, just to wrap up this, this, this poll, there's, there's a quote that I just want to um, read. Now, this was from um, something that we got circulated in, uh, in, in work in, in this last week as well. So this was, um, this was a study uh, about a lifetime of reg regular exercise, which was conducted in 2018 by uh, researchers at the University of Birmingham and King's College in London. Um, and the result of this study was that basically they found that staying active keeps the body young and healthy. And there's a quote that I just really think sums, sums it up quite nicely, sums up this discussion about peer points quite nicely. And that's that we exercise mainly to enjoy ourselves. Nearly everybody can partake in an exercise that is in keeping with their own physiological capabilities. I think it, I think it just I think it just works perfectly, you, you know. And whether you're rewarding yourself uh, at the end of doing your chosen ac activity, that's completely up to you, um, you, you know. But I, I suppose I just want to say when when Martin and I are using the hashtag beer points, don't always take it that seriously, <laughs> you, you know. I'm I'm really not logging things on a spreadsheet to make sure I'm having the requisite number of beers at the weekend that I've earned. Well, you'd, you'd need, to know, need to know all the calories for each beer you're having then, Steve, wouldn't you? You would, which is, again, a beautiful segue, Martin, this, this week. That is absolutely fantastic. The second poll that we're going to talk about this week was the most recent one, which we asked the question, if brewers were forced to display the number of calories in their beer, would it affect your choices? 802 votes, a whopping number of votes on, on this week's poll. 19.2% um, of people said yes, it would affect their choice. 80.8% of people said no. And again, we've got some great comments coming up now. So this was um, asked by the Owl Lady. 
who posed this question for us. And, and Danny's response was, I really wish I could say no, but I can't. No matter how much I tell myself I shouldn't care, I do. This is precisely why I hope it doesn't happen as it would truly spoil my enjoyment. From Bradley Clark at Bradley Clark 4. I've never looked at the calories in any food or drink. This may come from me being skinny, but I'm happy to walk off a couple of pints the next day. From Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. 100%. Even if I didn't care about the health aspect, it's very informative in terms of residual sweetness and body of the beer. As a separate point, I see it as a complete positive. The UK, like most developed countries, has an obesity crisis. More info is good. People can ignore. From Brindle's Beer Bites at Brindle Beer Bite. Interesting one. Understanding my calories in versus calories in versus calories out has been key to shedding kilograms, but I still enjoy plenty of good beer. It's understanding and using the knowledge to make a balanced decision. Doesn't need to be on cans. People need to improve their knowledge. From Owen Walsh at Owen Walsh, as someone who's been watching their calorie intake over the summer and who's been using an app for the purpose, I have to say that it's hugely helpful to be able to accurately measure beer calorie intake, even if it's only for my self-awareness. From Ian Linus at Ian Linus 72, I love a beer, but I'm a runner, so fitness is a big part of my life. I watch what I eat and check calorie content in food, but beer is my luxury item, so I don't worry about the calories in that. From Richard Hawkins at Hot Wells Dickey. Nope. We all know beer is unhealthy. I run my body like a bank account. Whatever calories goes in, I try and spend by the end of the week via running, walking and the gym. Where my jeans do start getting a bit tight, it's time to up the mileage. From Paul at UNRCD. Not for me. I wouldn't look at it even if it was. I have no interest in the amount of calories in anything, especially beer. From Mark Johnson, voted no. This brings an added question of, do I read anything on the side of beers anymore? When it was 500 ml bottles, I read every single word, so I knew the history, postcode and VAT number of every beer I had. Barely read anything on the side of cans these days. And then from James at Gammon Barron, no, it's hard enough to get the hops listed, never mind the calories. Short and sweet from James. From Bullman's Beer Reviews at Greg Bullman. I totally appreciate that there are people who really have a keen interest in their health and calorie intake, but in the middle of a pandemic in an industry that is suffering badly, it's additional work and resource, maybe one for the future. From Jim Rangley, it would affect everyone's choices as beer would become more limited and simple within really defined parameters. Only the biggest breweries are those working the same core beers could realistically produce the number whether because of lab or artwork lead times. But it wouldn't influence my selection as a drinker either. They are pointless unless you are counting calories. And at that point, you probably won't be boozing. From Martin Cornell at Xiphophiliac, the cost for small breweries in getting a certified calorie count is ludicrously prohibitive, especially for those who produce multiple different beers every year and for drinkers who really want to know the calories. It's easy to get an approximation by looking at the alcohol content. And then a similar comment from Gaffer Katie of Nomadic at Leeds Brewster. I said, no, if you're that bothered about it, you can find out, find out now the approximate calorie content of a beer based on the ABV. From Simon 
at barley wine is life? Nope. I choose my beers according to what I think I like rather than how calorific they might be. That's why my six pack is somewhat hidden. Only live once. And finally, from Penny McIntyre at Pensy Poodle, I know how unhealthy beer is, but it won't help me choose between a dipper and a, tip and a triple IPA. <laughs> so it's a good point, that one, is, <laughs> isn't it? To, to, to finish on there, it's, and I know this is, this is a bad thing, so it's, it's not going to help me make a decision, is it? No, no, I like that one. What, what are your thoughts, Steve, about the... Well, firstly, should breweries be forced into displaying them and secondly would it affect you uh i'm going to be very succinct on this one i don't think breweries should be forced into to doing it because by by the sounds of things reading into some of the comments um that there is going to be a cost attached to that in into being able to accurately measure what the calorie content is and and i don't think we should be pushing extra costs onto breweries not not just now but at, at any time we shouldn't we shouldn't be making them jump through hoops purely for the sake of jumping through hoops and and then the other point would it make any difference to me absolutely not i don't even read the calories on food mate i'm not i'm not about to start looking looking at the calories in beer i'm i'm really not i i drink beer because i enjoy it um and like so many people have said, I, I know it's not good for me. I know that, you know, but I make a life choice to enjoy beer. Um, it's just, as with most things, it's about doing it in moderation, isn't it? If, if you know something's bad for you, you're not going to do it all, your time, all, all the time, are you? Oh, no, exactly. It's like the guy who did eating McDonald's for 30 days straight. It was never going to be good for him, but he just wanted to prove how bad it could be. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty much aligned with you, Steve. I mean, there are obviously some beers which do have it. I mean, Four Pure, I think, have always shown it on the cans along the side. Um, I don't know if they still do. That was probably the first time I noticed it. Um, and if breweries wanted to do it, um, I can't imagine you'd want to put it on a pump clip, if I'm being honest, because for most pump clips, it's actually quite hard to find out sometimes even the style of beer on a pump clip because of the artwork. If you want to put it on your small pack and you want to use it as a point of difference, um, there was a beer I had from the States recent, recently which trumpeted it was uh, 100 calories. Um, up to you. I didn't choose it because of that, though. I chose it because of the style of beer and the flavour profile it advertised. And I would be the same in the pub, to be honest. I'd, you know, Like you say, Steve, I'm not having a drink thinking this is going to help my health absolutely this, yeah this is my enjoyment as i said I, I i don't smoke i've never taken drugs my diet isn't too bad my my main vice the thing which i wouldn't be able to turn around and say yeah i can justify that one as in it's really healthy way of living it's my beer consumption i know that so yeah you add on the calories but you can find them out i mean my it's my fitness pal where you can is one of the many many apps where you can log your food and it has some of the standard beers in there you know heineken guinness and it gives an approximate per pint uh so that's again gives you an idea four percent odd for the guinness five percent for the heineken strangely enough the heineken is more calories and they actually have punk ipa on there at 5.6 percent um and when i was using my fitness pal when i went through a phase of just seeing how it'd work but seriously, those things become so much hard work trying to put in all your calories for everything you consume. But I almost put 
my beers in as punk all the time because it was a good average at 5.6%. Um, but it didn't give you, it was quite hard to give you measures. Um, and it, didn't, it definitely didn't have pipe measures either. So that was a bit odd. So yeah, you, you can find out. You can give yourself a rough approximate of it. Um, and if you are really looking to balance out your calories in versus your calories out, you'd probably go ahead and do the research or as Jim put it, you probably won't be doing much of the boozing anyway. You know, you're probably more likely to say, I'll have a, I don't know, a gin and diet tonic or a vodka and diet tonic or, you know, something which maybe doesn't quite pile on the pounds potentially as much as beer can do. Um, I tell you what, though, I was surprised at the number of votes we got on this one. Um, nice, pleasing, yeah. loads of comments, and it's a shame we couldn't share a few more of them, but um, I was a bit surprised that this one sort of grabbed people's attention. Very much so, yeah. And and like you say, there was a huge amount of discussion on, on this one this week. Um, as always, we, we've only been able to feature just a snapshot of some of the comments. There are links in the show notes to both of these polls this week. So you can click on, you can have a read through and see all of the dis discussion that was happening. Uh, keep getting involved in, in this discussion. Use that hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. First up this week from Steve Longdon at Steve Longdon. I got some Cheshire brew beers recently after you guys saying how good they were. I was not disappointed. Awesome beer and Govinda was incredible from Johnny Beer Boy at Johnny Beer Boy I always knew it was going to be joyous but to hear a shout out for so many great local venues and breweries as well as getting him in and all around the wrecking and correcting a wayward pronunciation of Birmingham I couldn't have asked for more from Rob Edwards on the Beer O'Clock Show uh, there was a lot of love for for rob and huge amount of love there's there's only so many comments we can uh to read out about her but we had a ball recording with rob so hello rob and um hope you're uh, picking up a few people from the uh mixed cloud listings as, as well from rich taylor hooray back to the long opinion show plenty of news beer adventures beer reviews and general beer chat rob edwards was a joy to listen to as expected on annual releases I wonder if we'll see Fullers and Friends this year. Great to see both back at the Vic together. Oh, it sounds like me and Steve had a break, like, uh, <laughs> you know, Rachel and Ross or something. Yeah. Um, in, in answer to your question, Rich, I don't think we'll see Fullers and Friends ever again. I don't think we will. <laughs> I, I think that's done. I think that's dead in the water. No. Yeah, that's, that's not coming back. Um, short and sweet from Gareth here. Good show this week. Excellent. Thank you, Gareth. Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, from Ronnie Bean, almost equally as short. Um, enjoyed the show, but it's always stout season in my world. From Ian Hay at II Hay, was an excellent episode, nice and long. Listen this morning whilst baking a cake before breakfast. And no, I didn't have it for breakfast. Pleasure hearing Rob. We'll check out his music show tonight. And I think Ian did check out the music show, and I think he's become a bit of a follower as well off the back of it. Yeah, so, um, big fan. Brilliant. Yeah. And like I said last time when we spoke to Rob, it's such an eclectic mix with um, Rob's droll tones linking all the songs together. Um, and sadly, since we recorded the last show, someone else for him to um, have to feature on the show as well, with Eddie Van Halen passing away, sadly. So yeah, um, look forward to um, a tune from Eddie Van Halen in the future. From Pete at Hops and Hoops. Really enjoyed this. You may have found this out already, but CTZ is Columbus 
Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. Always one I look for as a top bittering hop. And from Bob Maxfield at Bob Maxfield, great to hear the smooth tones of Rob Edwards on Beer O'Clock Show during my morning commute. From Simon Dewhurst at Simo Sloth, guest drinker and Martin's rant on opening times was a classic and spot on. Well, I'm, I'm glad you stayed with us, Simon, because I understand you don't like two-hour podcasts. That was a bit of a shock when I heard that as well. Yeah, I, think, um, I heard so him I... quote that recently on another podcast. Yes, yes. Um, I think we may have to have words with Simon, but safe to say he's not on the number one fan list currently. Not, not currently, no. <laughs> no, he's got some work to do there. Uh, from Paul at UNRCD, I really enjoyed this. I know Rob gets enough praise, but he really didn't come across as a guest. He came across as part of the team. He also made me laugh with his dig at my lack of love of prog rock. Also nice to hear Rich Taylor on again. I'm glad everyone enjoyed our guests. I mean, it almost sounds like they wish we hadn't been on there, Steve. I, I, I think it's beginning to feel that way, mate. <laughs> How's your inferiority complex going? From Beers Without Frontiers. Great show, guys. Ticked all the boxes. Bits of a Martin rant, some Sabro slaying, and the dulcet tones of fellow Midlander Rob extolling the virtues of great music and the vinyl format. I'm assuming when it says Beers Without Frontiers podcast, that was definitely from Simon. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would it be from? And from Mark Johnson, enjoyed listening across four days. S&M with added Rob is my new favourite type. Steve was mysteriously quiet in the last half hour. See, now I don't remember this. No, nor um, do I. And, and obviously I have the bonus, benefit, pleasure, pleasure <laughs> task of of having to listen back to it again as as well and i don't i don't if if i was quiet it wasn't because i was i was knocked off of kilter by the beer or anything it was it was maybe that i was just intently listening to to, to the things that rob was saying possibly yeah I, I don't remember it myself i mean i'm almost tempted to listen back to it but like, you've already listened to it twice yeah i'm not doing that again <laughs> you, you can do that for your homework and and report back as to whether i was quiet or not oh, thanks and then finally from Simon Webster at bees underscore Bahoy. Uh, a good listen as always. I decided to replicate your experiment with Camden's 2019 beer. Thought my second bottle in the summer was much better than the first. We'll open the third and final one soon. Might hold out until November. I love it that Simon's been on that little journey with us. Yeah. And Simon, you're obviously listening. Let us know how that last bottle tastes when you do open it, please. No, definitely. I think it'd be really interesting to have someone else's opinion, especially if they might have slightly different um, tastes to what we have, because we're quite similar. So our, our thoughts were quite aligned about the Camden Beer 2019. And perhaps, um, Simon, join us on the 2020 journey as well. Yeah, we're not doing that again, are we? Well, we could do one for Christmas and maybe one for Easter. Okay, all right. I've, don't I've, do, I've, we don't have to do it four times. I was going to say, I don't want to commit to doing it all through the year again. No, no, let's maybe just do it twice. Just do it fresh and then a few months on. To see how it ages. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd be in for that. I'd, I'd be in for that. Um, final thoughts on the Twin Flames Nitro version? I haven't enjoyed it as much as the classic. Me either. And I thought I would. Um, but I actually enjoyed the classic version much, much more. I, I thought there was more... Uh, there was more of a flavour profile to it. There was more going on with it. Um, whereas the, the Nitro version just seems very soft and smooth. And 
I almost don't want to say this. Reminds me a little bit of John Smith's smooth flow bitter. Well, I think it does. It, it does in mouthfeel and look. Let's be honest. I mean, that's not in flavour. Uh, not yeah. in flavour. No. I mean, uh, but that's what it was designed to do. The, the smooth flow. It was. You know, we, we've both. I'm sure we've both talked about having Caffrey's back in the day. That was a very smooth drinking beer, and it, but it was designed to be so. Um, the flavours were all understated all the way through. You could sink quite a few Caffrey's, to be honest. Um, and I think this beer, you definitely not get it again. You're not getting that six and a half percent, are you? Um, yeah. And yes, everything's a bit dialed down, and it's very smooth. And I think maybe if we'd had this first, maybe the thoughts might be slightly different because as it turns out, we preferred the first one. I think sometimes the sequel is often a little bit tougher. It was still nice, but the classic wins out for me. Yeah. Now, it's, it's interesting you say that because we, we did actually speak for quite a while about which way round to do these. Yeah. And we ended up going with the classic first because we wanted to get basically the beer in its original original format yeah to, to get all of the characteristics and all of the flavors from it and I, I i think if we had i think if we had done the nitro first uh, I, I i don't know i just i just wonder whether the that bitterness that came through on the classic would have been even more bitter because we had had something a lot softer to start with probably would have been but i mean i've got another couple of cans in the cupboard so I might well either do them as a side by side or do the nitro first. I, I was just I was gonna say I've got two more as well. So I, I might do them the other way around next time and, and, and see if it makes any difference. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Now I think just to be clear, firstly, you know, obviously this was part of a bigger order from Siren, so we've both still got a third beer coming up. Um, but I still enjoyed the nitro version and I reckon there are definitely gonna be a decent percentage of people who would have that as their preferred one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a time and a place for that nitro version. A absolutely. Um, sometimes you just want something really smooth and that's really yeah. easy to drink. And that and, was, and, and this is the, this is the second beer that Siren have now done as, as a nitro because they did a nitro version of their, um, their classic broken dream. Broken dream. Yeah. And they've, that they have hinted that they've got something else coming and, and recently, in the last week, they've announced that this year's Caribbean chocolate cake is going to be released in November. And I'm wondering if they're planning a nitro version of, of one of those as well. Well, given I missed out on the Broken Dream, but I wouldn't have minded trying the Broken Dream nitro pour because I think the nitro pours on, again, could be that Guinness Association. And some of the other beers we've had, I think we had a White Hag one a couple of years back in Dublin that was nitro pour. Um, sort of associate with that. I would have loved to try the Broken Dream just because of all that flavour and then that smoothness added with it. Um, the Caribbean chocolate cake is amped up anyway. I wouldn't be surprised because it's going to be a bit of a different release this year, isn't it? Because it's not going to be able to appear at bars and festivals so yeah. much anyway. Um, I think I tried it last year in Plymouth at the Vessel Beer Festival and get you know pretty certain that ain't happening so if they can do something which still gets people excited on the run up to christmas and the caribbean chocolate cake did they do three or four versions last they year they did four versions in there yeah. i think they've done that for the last couple of years now so it's almost becoming one of these run things it's the yeah. caribbean chocolate cake run 
Cobb, I mean, that's a dangerous run. I mean, if we're, you lot have heard us when we've done the cannonball run, can you imagine <laughs> us doing the bloody... <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're, not, they're not low ABVs either. No, uh, no they, they? there's no starting low. There's not even starting at 7%. No, you're, you're straight. You're straight in almost in double figures. Yeah, I, and that's I it. Think. Yeah, and that's where you're staying. Yeah, until yeah. you fall. Now, as you mentioned, uh, we do have a third siren beer coming up. With different beers for our last beer this evening, I am going dark uh, and, and continuing down that particular rabbit hole. Uh, going with the twisted breakfast stout which is a spin on their broken dream which we were just speaking about this is the cacao and cherry version coming in at 7.4 percent and available and purchased from indeed morrison's of of, of all places a 7.4 percent keiko cherry coffee breakfast stout yeah that's just ridiculous yeah I mean, how, we don't even how we don't far even have... we have come we don't even have that conversation a couple of years ago, to be honest. No, I know. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? What's, what's in your glass, mate? So part of the order I did with Siren, um, I've got the One Through Free IPA. This is a collaboration between Siren, North Brewing and Salt. So quite sought after and highly regarded breweries. I can't read what it says at the back. Um, so when I work it out, I shall tell the listeners what, what, what the ABV is. But... I have to admit, right now, it's looking quite nice in the glass. Now, now that's also available from Morrison's as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Now, I that could, I didn't know. Because I've I seen that. And what, what it is, I think what you probably can't read on the back there, is it's a, um, that the three breweries have come together with their three flagship IPAs and taken elements from each rep- recipe to, to brew that one IPA. So, ah. so it's very, very similar to what, siren did a few years back with magic rock and beaver town was it called rule of rule of thirds rule, yeah rule of thirds where where it was sound wave gamma ray and cannonball that they took elements ah, from. so the same to, principle again like you say so yeah i, I have found the abv though six percent so i've come down a notch while you've gone up a notch while, 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 while i've jumped up yeah uh so uh time really, in, I would say. Yeah. absolutely for, for the last time cheers. this evening cheers Coffee on the nose straight away on that. Oh, now I don't know whether this is because it's after two red IPAs, one of them being a nitro. That's got some really sharp tropical fruit flavours going on in that beer. Mm-hmm. Um, very aromatic with the tropical notes as well. Very clean, dry finish. Really, really tasty. It feels like it's one of those collaborations where everyone turned up feeling good on the day and has brought to coin a probably an american phrase but their a game um yeah tasting really good now i saw the look on your face when you had your one i'm assuming you liked it steve absolutely it is for me it's broken dream is there that's what's in the foreground that the, the the coffee element of the breakfast stout is is there that's the most prominent thing in that beer it's on the aroma it's on the flavor it's on the finish the cherry and the cacao very, very, very subtle um, the, the, to the point where I can hardly taste the cherry in, in it. I'm getting some of the dark bitterness from the, the, from the cacao, but I'm not really picking up any cherry elements at the moment. It might be that it's still a little bit cold. It's, it's been out of the fridge for about 40 minutes now, so it's, it's going to come up to room temperature a little bit more. Um, but at the moment, 
I'm not picking up all of the flavours that it says are there. Okay, but again, it may be that if they took the cherry out, you would notice it's not there if you had a, a minus cherry version. But like you say, maybe just a little bit of warming up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's delicious. It's, it's absolutely delicious. It's exactly what... It's, it's, I think for me, it's, it's definitely the right beer after the two red IPAs is to, to have gone to a, to, to a breakfast stout, which is absolutely in, incredible. It's, it's just it's ticking all of those boxes for me. But yeah, may, maybe as it warms, I'll, I'll pick up some of the flavours. So I think while, while I'm letting that warm, we've got quite a few questions again from our listeners this week. Questions, questions, fill my head. So first up from Simon Dewhurst at Simo Sloth. Uh, he's probably still with us because I think we're still under the two hours. So ho- hopefully he's, <laughs> he's still tuning in. And no, Simon, we're, we're not going to let that go. Not, not no. yet. Oh, there's, there's mileage there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'll take us right up to the end of the year. <laughs> um, he asks, what do you guys think is the maximum ABV percentage for a session IPA? I saw one brewery release one this week at 5.6%. Martin? Better ask you what's a session podcast. Um, <laughs> I would say 5.6% is bloody ridiculous. That can't be anywhere described as session, can it? No. I mean, if it's, if it's over 5%, definitely not. Um, and I would even argue, and this isn't being cask orientated, I think you've got to be a lot closer to 4% to be described as session because if you're going to use the word session in its li- almost literal meaning, it means you can turn up at the barbecue with your six pack and session it and not be a complete dick after you've had six cans of whatever it is you're drinking. If you have six cans of 5.6%, you're going to feel it, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Or six I, pints, whatever, whatever the unit measure might be. What do you think? I, I think I'd say 4.5 and under. 4.5 has got to be the absolute top level for a session IP, IPA anything over than that it's, it's just an IPA or it's a parallel um, under 4.5% I think you're you're within your right to call it a session beer yeah 5.6 no. no that's rubbish no um, yeah dreadful 5.6 <laughs> next question from Pete at Hops and Hoops if you're getting table service in a pub bar and your server, likely preoccupied by dealing with the new way of working, misses off part of your order from the bill. Do you feel you've got a free drink and keep quiet, or do you bring it to their, to their attention? I'd be damn quick enough if it, if it was the other way around. So if they ever charged me, I'd know. Yeah. Um, I- so I haven't, I can't recall the last time I was knowingly undercharged, um, but I would hope and pray if I'm willing to pull them up for overcharging me, I pull. I would also correct them if they undercharge me. Yeah, I, th- I think it's only the right thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I said, if they overcharge, let's assume they weren't just doing it on purpose and it was just a genuine mistake, then undercharging me is also a genuine mistake. So the same rules of engagement should apply. Yeah, without without a doubt. And generally, you're, you, at the moment, you're going to be in a place that, that you want to be in because you want to support that business. You, you, you're not there... To, to do them out of, of, of money, are you? No, you still have to balance the books, you know, whether that be when you, you know, I, when I started off in the bank, I wasn't working with cash, but you still have to, you still have to balance the checks at the end of the day um, for, the, for the local USAF basis. So you just couldn't just 
lose something along the way. Someone's got to pay for it somewhere. So yeah, I, I completely get that. And yes, you should. So let's hope, hopefully everyone does that because there probably are people at the moment who are quite stressed with the way of working. Yes. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen that first. Well, that night that we, we were in the Vic and their card machines went down. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, all, all hell broke loose. Yeah. And like I said, we were lucky that the Vic is actually quite close to a cash point. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have been the end of our evening. Yeah, definitely. And that would have been a shame with all that lovely kernel on. Yes, that needed drinking. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, next question from Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. After a cycle with two mates, we visited a bar we'd specifically reserved because of its beer selection. I ordered a daisy cutter, but upon checking the can, I saw that it had been packaged in April 2019. Would you have asked them to change it? Honestly, no, I wouldn't have. Um, I would have gone down the British reserve route, which I generally deploy in these, in these situations. However, I would remember the next time I would have thought about visiting, and then I may have mentioned it up front, or more likely just never visited again. Yeah, it's one of those things you make a note of, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't have, this, I can't imagine a, about a can me saying to them, have you checked the date underneath? Um, no, I just wouldn't, especially if I'm with someone else. Definitely, definitely wouldn't have. What about you, Steve? No, I, I don't think I would have. Like, like, like you, I, I may have made a mental note to it. I, I may have gone in quietly afterwards before leaving and, and said to them, do you know this beer is over a year old? It's, it's probably well past its best, you know, but I certainly wouldn't have made a, 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 an issue about it. I think your suggestion was quite good doing something quietly afterwards or maybe even send them a, a DM or a yeah. message, um, which I have done in the past. But so, mate, a lot of the time when I've done that privately, you know that thing we had that conversation before about should you call someone out publicly or privately? Most of the time when I've done it privately, I've never got a response. You generally, yeah, you get a response 90% of the time, I'd say, if you do it publicly. Yeah. I just don't want to do it that way, though. It seems daft, but you have to. Yeah. So, um yeah, but let us know, Will, if, you've, if you are going to go back and whether you would be tempted to say anything next time, perhaps. And then the final question this week. So this came from James B at James BWXM, but via Mike Maguire at Maguire Mike. Now, Mike saw this question and he, he retweeted it and tagged us in. And the question was quite simply, at what point do you know you've been accepted as a regular or a local in a pub? Now, see, I've written down a question here for myself. By who? Staff or punters? There's two elements there, isn't yeah. there? So for me, it's more that I've usually been accepted and I did speech marks, which is really good on an on a audio podcast. Um, it's more that the landlord, landlady or esteemed bar manager uh, recognises me on a regular basis, knows maybe what my first drink might be, for example. Um, for example, last time I was out in in Colchester, I went to a pub and the guy who part owns that pub was the landlord of what was my local pub at the bottom of my road, the Bricklayers, which was an Adams pub. And he recognised me straight away and asked me how I was. So I always felt accepted in his pub. Equally, I've always felt accepted in the Vic. And when pretty much most of the time when I go to the Owl House, but invariably that's by the staff rather than by regulars slash punters but that could be because i don't engage with people very often if i'm being mm. honest <laughs> um but yeah i would say for me it's it depends where the question's coming from 
Is it accepted by the locals or accepted by the, the people who work or run it? I, I think my answer would be much the same as yours in, in, in terms of, yes, you know, you can, I can go to the Vic and or I'm, I'm now at a point where I've been there enough now where all the staff know me. And, you know, so there's, there's always conversation with the staff, even though it's still table service and they're busy, they've, they still make the sign say, oh, you're right, that sort of thing. And, you know, yourself, the Vic does have a very uh, unique clientele. In, yep. in, in terms of some of the some of the regulars and beginning to get to the stage now where you're getting the odd nod off of a regular as, as well and I think I think sometimes that's that's a sign that you've um accepted been accepted in in, in a pub by the regulars is that they actually acknowledge that you're there rather than just look right through you as you walk past them oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely um but I think you get accepted by the people who are behind the bar first then the other side of the bar yes absolutely agree Agree in my experience anyway yeah Yeah. some great questions this week and i and and i love it that we're getting so many questions now as well so please keep those questions coming use the hashtag opinions and we'll find them and we'll throw them into the next show and 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 discuss uh discuss our views on what you want to ask us definitely i i I also i love them as well because i never i never know the questions Till me and Steve start chatting about twenty minutes beforehand, so they're always a bit of a surprise. Have you got some more thoughts on your beer? Because I'm I'm aware that actually, as as questions finishes, we're then kind of at the end of the show. So I, I know we opened this one quite quite late on, and it's very much to see us out and probably to carry on drinking once once we finish recording. But how how is it how is it going down for you? Is are, are those flavours easing a little bit after the after the two red IPAs? Um, a little bit, but the the fruity tropical notes are still there, but it's it's lovely again that I can have a beer which has got fruity tropical notes without having a thick sweet mouthfeel. There's some lovely balance in this beer. There's still a bit of a crisp, clean finish to it, and it's a beer that I am thoroughly enjoying. Excellent. That's that's the way that you want to finish an evening, really, isn't it? Exactly, and uh, your cocoa cherry breakfast, breakfast stout, Bre- yes, broken dream. No, yeah, it's, it's to give it its official title: cocoa and cherry broken dream twisted breakfast stout. Okay, and um, for your breakfast stout, which you're having at half nine on a Monday night, still enjoying it? It's lovely. That coffee is is what makes this beer. It's it, it's it's the basis of this beer. And just just looking on the back of the can, um, that's supplied by Quarterhouse Coffee, who who I'm assuming I'm guessing they'll be fairly local to to, to Siren, uh, which is which is why they use them. That that's the main flavour in there. Um, like I said earlier on, there's maybe a little bit of dryness, a little bit of the dark chocolate bitterness coming through. I'm still struggling to pick up any cherry from it which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because I didn't want it to be overpowering with a cherry, but I might have liked maybe just a little bit of tartness, just a real subtle hint in, in, in the back from that. Because again, it's the can tells me it's a cherry and chocolate stout. So it should be there. So it should be there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I, I would have expected to still get a bit of that cherryness. Like I said, even if it came out in the tartness, perhaps, um, then yeah. I think it's a shame that it's not quite so prevalent for you, given that they've put it in the title. 
yeah but i've i've still i've still half half my beer to drink uh which is going to take me some time this evening it may come through as it warms and and and, and maybe maybe keep an eye on twitter to see what my untapped check check checking ends up being like on this to see if that if that flavor does actually come through oh, excellent okay i should do that I don't know about anyone else, but I will. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure some others will, will check <laughs> that as well. Um, what is coming up next time, Martin? Well, we have. Uh, well, I suppose it's a new brewery, um, Amity Beers, which I think we have had uh, during the last six months. Yeah, they um, sent us some beers. Russ Clark, co-founder of Amity Brewing Co., is going to come to talk to us about the brewery, the beers, setting up the business, what the last six seven months have been like um really looking forward to that i've never met russ myself um so yeah it's going to be a bit of a new adventure for us yeah i'm looking forward to that because it's, it's a slight spin on our guest drinker as well because this is the first time we've had a a brewery on as a guest drinker um if anybody does have any questions that they'd like to ask uh russ uh, about founding the brewery about amity brew co itself let us have the questions again use the hashtag opinions we'll find you and we'll make sure we ask your question but until uh, the next show all that's left to be said this evening is cheers, cheers.